in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Today we have a special guest co-host to join us, and he is, quote, the deep space resident, end quote, Mark Jackson. Mark, welcome back to the show, Why Are You the Deep Space Resident? As opposed to any other kind of resident. You know, Gene, we are all deep space residents, you know? And I mentioned this previously, but, you know, we're hurtling on this little rock through space, and we're all deep space residents. So, again, just a way to remind folks uh, in space and time where we're at, um, and just a fun thing to put the whole situation in perspective. Anyway, I am excited for today's show. Your guest, Gene, Stan, I got to tell you, I am a fanboy. And just to start the show, for both of you, actually, I am a fan of ufology. And I also am very interested in the pursuit of understanding the uh, UFO enigma. And it's just in terms of the ufology piece for me. Again, I'm such a fanboy of both of you guys. So I can't wait to talk to you. It's going to be fun. So it's Stan Gordon joining us this week. And he's a longtime researcher into Fortiana, I guess we'll call it, because he covers not just UFOs, but other strange mysteries. I want to ask you, Stan, first question. Have you had a chance to watch this new History Channel TV show, Project Blue Book? I actually only had the opportunity to see the uh, the first episode. Uh, my schedule's kind of strange, so I haven't had a chance, but uh, I did get to see the first one, uh, yes. So this is a little bit controversial, I gather, because it's fiction. Some people feel they strayed too much from the factual nature of the cases they cover. Others say it's fiction. Let's have fun. I am in touch with a lot of people in the public. I get a lot of response on, on sightings and people just inquiring about incidents around here. And the feedback I'm getting just from the general public is that a lot of people are enjoying it. They know it's an entertainment show. I guess they realize that, yes, you know, it, it's based on some factual cases, but there's some elements of fiction as well. But a lot of the people like it. The good part about it is that this program and others in the past, they're at least, they're bringing the subject to the attention of the public. And more and more people are realizing and they're talking more about the subject, they're getting more interested in it, and more and more people are being open-minded that there's something out there we just still don't know what it is we're dealing with. There's been many, many theories. You know, I've been doing this uh, this year, 60 years of research for me. I've never personally seen a UFO or Bigfoot myself, surprising to most people. I've interviewed thousands and thousands of witnesses. I've seen a lot of evidence in the field, but I've never had my own personal encounter. But something's going on out there, and I'm not so sure anybody, maybe not even the government, knows for sure what we're dealing with. Just to put people in perspective, Project Blue Book was in the top 10 of cable shows the first week. As of the most recent show, which would be February 12th, Tuesday, its rating was 0.3 in the demographics. That's the 18 to 49 rating. For a cable show, that's actually pretty decent. It's ahead of all the cable news shows. It's behind things like Body Cam and NBA Tip-Off and... WWE SmackDown and the Curse of Oak Island. Nothing ever gets close to the Curse of Oak Island. But it's doing pretty well. It's doing better than a lot of dramas on these channels, especially History Channel, because History Channel normally presents documentaries and such. But we have a scripted drama here. So all things being equal, I think the ratings are pretty decent. 
overall. The question I have, of course, we haven't really resolved, is whether as they progress, will they take Hynek through the late 50s and the 60s where so many of his viewpoints changed? Will he grow as it progresses? What do you think, Stan? Well, I guess we're all going to have to wait and see how it goes. Uh, you know, there were so many cases Blue Book looked into. You know, some of the cases were very, very fascinating. Of course, uh, you know, there were incidents here in Pennsylvania. One of the probably most famous in Pennsylvania was the uh, July 31st, 1966 incident up in Presque Isle, up in Erie, PA. And it's, it's listed in Blue Book as an unknown. But uh, it was interesting to me because that's 1966. And that was one of the first cases that indicated some possibility that there was some correlation between a UFO and maybe something like a Bigfoot creature that was reported uh, during that incident. Uh, it was never caught Bigfoot at the time. Back then, uh, 1966, of course, the Air Force was still investigating UFO sightings. Yeah, Nightcap was involved from Pennsylvania. The local police were involved. There was a lot. I mean, it made huge local and national news. And there was a lot of independent investigations done. Some of the witnesses, after seeing this object hovering low over the area and something possibly landing, apparently landing, and they found a thud in their, on their vehicle at the time. And then these kids got stuck in the sand on the beach. Some remained in the car. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I believe it was at least a couple other people went to get some help. And apparently during that time, some type of a, a being, a creature, came out of the woods and came up to the car and they reportedly scratched the car, and they said it was kind of a featureless, gorilla-like creature. And later, when the authorities arrived on the scene, there were apparently some tracks, and there was indentations, and uh, it was a very fascinating case. So the UFO part of the incidents reported uh, in Blue Book is being unexplained, but they believed that the creature part of it was probably some other explanation. What's interesting to me here is that Project Blue Book had a large number of so-called insufficient information cases. And some felt at the time that what they would do is throw arbitrarily cases in there strictly to not have to deal with them. What do you think? Well, again, I, I, I'm no expert on the Blue Book cases, uh, but I, as I recall, some of the cases were dismissed, for exact example, as of astronomical in nature. I, I understood that some cases uh, where there were explanations such as Venus or Jupiter, that they just didn't fit with what was known at the time and what people were describing. I can tell you one thing that's interesting. With the Kexper case I'm, I've been involved with since the day it happened, 1965. I mean, I'm going on 54 years, and I'm still at times getting bits of information on the case. But back in 2000, oh, I'm trying to think of years, 2003, 2002, when... Um, when um, Leslie Kane, the Coalition of Freedom of Information, uh, was involved in looking into the case, and there was a lot of investigation done, and uh, they were able to track down actually some of the Air Force personnel involved here at the scene during the investigation. And she was able to locate one of the Air Force um, personnel who had written up the report on Kecksburg, submitted it to Project Blue Book, but when those records were declassified, that report was never there, was never found. So where did it go, for example? That's a standard yeah. thing, of course, a case of things like this where the evidence seems to disappear. Why does it disappear? 
it pretty, I think it's pretty well known and accepted, uh, at least from my perspective today, is that most people understand that Blue Book was a cover or, you know, disinformation sort of thing. And then they realize, and you guys, of course, know the names of these other programs where the real cases got funneled into, you know. Um, so I think this whole idea about Blue Book being, it's a fiction show, right? But it's based on real incidences. But because so many people know that fact about Blue Book, Project Blue Book, et cetera, that it affects it in some way. And, and it's interesting to me to see if the, if the viewing audience that enjoy the show are aware of that aspect of the program. You know what? We're going to get into more of this in our next segment. This show, of course, is Project Blue Book. It features a fictionalized version of the life of Dr. J. Allen Hynek, making him into, I guess, an action hero. <laughs> and so it's, it's an interesting kind of show. I've seen part of the first episode, and for some reason I never get to finish it. But if you go to the History Channel in the U.S., you should be able to watch the shows, and with the commercials, of course, without having to be a member of a cable or satellite provider, which is helpful. Stan Gordon's our guest. The one and only Mark Jackson, our guest co-host, as J. Randall Murphy is on special assignment. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Mark Jackson is getting his feet wet as guest co-host this week on the Paracast. By the way, Randall left several questions for you to ask in the forums. So we'll we'll get you to do that later. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing we had heard over the years, and you can tell me what your perception is, Stan. Some people perceive that the best cases are behind us in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 40s, maybe early 80s. By the time we get to the 21st century, we have a lot of UFO cases, but the vast majority of them are just not very impressive. One theory is that maybe they're all easily explained after the initial flurry because E.T. has left us. What's your perception? You know, my hotline's been open since 1969. It never stops ringing. I'm constantly getting current and past reports coming in. So between that and the emails I get through my website, there's a lot of activity going on. And I know there's many other researchers out there I'm in touch with. They're also receiving reports. There's a lot of sightings going on. I can tell you in the last several years, I've been seeing an increase in what I call the classic UFO cases, the ones we used to hear about in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. These were not lights in the sky. These were large structured craft close to the ground. 
I've investigated multitudes of cases like this in Pennsylvania. Probably many people out there aren't even aware of these cases. And I can tell you, you know, from uh, memory about some of these events that happened. And some of these were very well-documented cases. Yeah, I'm still getting some of these very good reports coming in. Uh, in more recent years, besides your, your typical classic disc, we still get a lot of the elongated cigar-shaped objects and large triangle objects being reported. We've been seeing an increase in the past several years of these large, solid, box-shaped, rectangular objects. And, and I'll give you an example of one. Um, this would have been um, July of 2013, I believe it was. This was an incident that happened on Route 30, a four-lane major highway, going to guess 20-some miles east of Pittsburgh. Woman and her three-year-old child they were coming out of a um, convenience store that evening, and they were um, heading eastbound on uh, Route 30 towards what was known as the Adamsburg Cut. It's a very well-traveled highway. She's on her cell phone talking, and this person, by the way, did not believe in UFOs until the experience. She's riding down the road, and suddenly she has to hit her brakes because there's this huge, solid, metallic object hovering right over top of the highway, taking up all four lanes of the road. She said the best way to describe it was, she said, it looked like a gondola on a blimp without the blimp part. It was a huge solid object. The lighting configuration on it was completely unlike navigational lighting. It was completely silent. Her uh, three-year-old baby elf's mommy flying iPad in the sky. She's trying to describe this to the person on the cell phone, and uh, she loses her cell phone signal. Just to give you, I found my report on here. This thing is about 55 feet in length, about 35 to 40 feet high. It uh, was a two-tiered object. The top section was made up of five sets of green lights. There were three individual rectangular lights in each set. The five sets of lights were all evenly spaced in a vertical position, and the lights were all steady and non-blinking. The witness said the green color was brighter than the green of a traffic light. The bottom section, which was smaller contained within a two long solid red lights that were placed side by side. The two huge lights were steady and never blinked. They gave the witness the impression of looking like brake lights, but they were huge. Uh, she's on her cell phone. Now, she had to pass underneath the object to get home. She goes underneath in her vehicle, and she said, at that time, the digital display on her car dashboard of the clock for the, temp the clock, the temperature, the airbag status, the radio, and the Bluetooth sync suddenly blacked out. So it all went dead. The FM radio station she was listening to lost signal. She lost her cell phone signal, and she tried to take a picture with her iPhone, but wouldn't let it go into the photo mode. She accelerated down the road again, away from the object, about a half mile away. She looked back, and she could no longer see it. And around that point, all the electronics came back on her vehicle. Her car was relatively new. Said after that night, her car never functioned properly. That was a person, again, who didn't believe in UFOs, so they had her own experience. I find that very common with the people I deal with constantly, that the best witnesses are people who don't believe these things can happen until they have their own encounter. And many times for them, whether it's a UFO sighting or Bigfoot encounter, their lives are dramatically changed. So, Stan, you have all of these people reaching to you. You have all this network that is this inflow of cases and incidents and, and information, et cetera, that you've created, obviously, since the 60s. You continue to be have access to much more of this than the rest of us do. But in terms of the amount of cases dropping off, Gene, you asked if, if we felt like cases were dropping off. To reinforce what Stan's saying, 
you know, I've only been at this for a short period of time and I specialize in North Dakota, kind of like Stan, how you specialize in Pennsylvania. And I am finding so many cases that are specific to North Dakota that have just as much wow factor to them as any of the other more standard or, or more famous cases. And I take a step back and then I realize, well, look at all Stan's work in Pennsylvania, all that's going on there, the stuff I'm digging up in North Dakota, quantify that across all of the states. All of a sudden, you have a lot of activity simultaneously occurring today. It's just getting a different type of attention. But from where I sit and based on the things that you're talking about, Stan, the world is full of this phenomena every single day of our lives. Right. There's no doubt. And by the way, that incident was June 1st of 2013 in North Huntington, PA, the one we just talked about. The problems we deal with, there's no one repository for all these reports. Myself, yes, I get a lot of reports. Peter Davenport, the National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, you have MUFON. There's many smaller groups around the country. There's other individual researchers. There's a lots of places that people report UFO sightings. In most cases, UFO reports are all put into one category, yet many of those are probably IFOs, identified flying objects. So if somebody takes the time to properly investigate the reports, they turn out to be everything from um, bright planets and stars and a reentry of space debris, Chinese lanterns and drones and unusual weather phenomena. There's a lot of things that look very strange and unusual, but to report it as a UFO sighting. So it's very difficult to really come down to look at the exact data and see how many unknowns there really are out there. But there are significant reports going on in Pennsylvania every year, and I'm sure it's all across the country and probably around the world, and there could well be a lot more activity going on than people realize, just with the, just like with Bigfoot sightings as well. But I wrote an article that's posted at deepspacepod.com, but it's, it's titled The Simple Exercise of Fusing Data and Gaining Intelligence. And in there, I just sort of toy with the idea of all these, how are we going to bring all these disparate databases together? And then how do you begin to do the data entry process where you can use ontology with a T, ontological approaches to cross-querying specific information? So, for example, let's say in terms of a secret space program, some people think the triangles, for example, stand, and you track those quite well, that they're, you know, advanced technology that the government has. On the other hand, a lot of people are saying that these are UFOs, et cetera, you know, and I'll highlight um, the Phoenix, for example, uh, episode. Uh, I can tell you, a lot of these sightings I've interviewed people with over the years, they've been, many have been overpopulated areas. More to come with Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Mark Jackson. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Detoxify, lose weight, and restore balance to your body by simply drinking tea. Surprised? 
Dr. Miller's Holy Tea can help you feel better and even lose weight because Holy Tea is a unique herbal tea blend of all natural ingredients specially formulated by Dr. Bill Miller. Call this number, 888-660-7039 or click drmillersclinic.com. Take the first step toward better health. Drink tea from Dr. Miller's Clinic. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Speaking in Munich, Germany, Vice President Mike Pence has a message for our European allies. The time has come for our European partners to stand with us and with the Iranian people, our allies and friends in the region. The time has come for our European partners to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. Laura Trump is weighing in on the decision to declare a national emergency at the southern border. The president's daughter-in-law says she's glad that more than one dollar will be spent on constructing the wall at the southern border. We know that Nancy Pelosi <laughs> only said that she was willing to give a dollar. So look, he got $1.4 billion within the bill for funding the wall. Police released today that Gary Martin, the man who opened fire inside a manufacturing facility in Aurora, Illinois, legally should not have been in possession of a firearm. You're listening to USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extend Over Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Okay, Stan Gordon was in the middle, in the midst of explaining a few things about ongoing activity. Can you pick up from there? So over the years, there have been many reports of these large triangular objects. We'll say some are solid black, sometimes are more of um, metallic in appearance. 
But there have been many incidents over the years where they have been seen over populated areas, hovering low uh, over areas. Uh, I've had incidents on the, on the turnpike. I mean, there's so many studies like this, and, and these studies go on year after year. You just don't hear about them because the majority of witnesses that call me want no publicity whatsoever. And as we've seen over the years, reports on UFOs and Bigfoot and all these phenomena, they come from people from all walks of life, men, women, children, from uh, doctors and lawyers and farmers and police officers and military and commercial pilots. I mean, incredible people who have no reason to make up this story, have nothing to gain by it. But so many of these sighting reports that are coming in, and it's not just a big triangle object, it's the rectangular objects and the boomerang and, and the cigar-shaped objects. So many of them occur, again, in more populated areas. Many are in daylight. Many are low to the ground. Uh, we've had incidents of, of physical traces on the ground over the years where we've had labs examine materials. It does not make any sense to me because of a large number of these reports that our government would be test-flying experimental aircraft so commonly, very low over populated areas, and taking the chance of something happen, it just doesn't fit. That doesn't mean that on occasion, you know, there's a, an experimental aircraft or something passing through the airspace around here, but there are far too many reports from so many people. Sometimes there's, there's a small series of reports going on, and this was probably three years ago, somewhere around there, we were getting a somewhat small surge of these large triangle objects seen around western Pennsylvania. I remember one case I went up on that was up between Westmore and Fayette County, which is a very active area. A beautiful morning, fellow sitting by his window drinking coffee. It was gorgeous out. His dog was lying there. And all of a sudden, it just turned dark black, just black by the window, like a, a storm came out of nowhere. And he figured out what's going on. So he jumps up, and he uh, grabs his fully charged phone, he calls his dog, which goes with him all the time, but the dog refused to go outside. The guy walks out into his yard, and here's this huge, solid, black triangle object about 500 feet above him, just hovering there, making those sounds. He aims to take a picture with his cell phone. It completely, immediately discharges its battery. Had no power left in it, but it was fully charged when he walked out. There was other EM effects on the property as well. During that time, we were getting other reports uh, over the weeks from different areas around the greater Pittsburgh area. These are the kind of things that go on, but you just never hear about. You raise a question here. All this activity, we're not hearing about it. Can we go into the usual conspiracy theory that some of this information is not being allowed to be published or just people are ignoring it? I deal with this a lot. I deal with this almost every day of my life with the public and people and just dealing with these type of reports. In general, I would say that people um, that I talk to, they're very interested in it, but they just don't want any publicity themselves for various reasons. They want to go public about what they see. Sometimes it's just the fact that they didn't believe in it. They're afraid of being ridiculed. Some have pretty good job positions. They don't want to be uh, questioned about it. So I don't think that's what it is. And, and people do at times. They try to take pictures once possible. There's some odd things about cases of people even attempting to take pictures in more recent years, like the one I just told you about. And, and so many cases with photographs, you know, the, the incident only lasts a matter of seconds. And people are so shocked by what they're seeing. People tell me quite often, they say, the last thing you ever thought about was taking a picture. But in some cases, when people have actually tried to take a picture, they had a camera malfunction. And this has been going on for quite a while, but I'm hearing more about this. It seems like more and more in, in the last several years. 
And it's not just with UFOs, it's even with the cryptid field we're hearing these kind of reports. So, you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. My views have changed somewhat on what we might be dealing with. Uh, Again, there are many theories out there about the origin of, of the UFO phenomena. The more I know about the phenomena and the cryptid phenomena, I think it's a much more complex phenomena, much stranger than many people realize. I don't think anybody has the answers to what we're dealing with. There's many, many theories out there. I'm not even convinced that our government knows fully what the answers are. I think they know a lot more than they're telling us, but I think that they're realizing, as I've been realizing, this phenomena is much stranger and much more complex and probably on a present scientific understanding of deal with it at this point. Yes, Dan, I, I completely agree with you from the perspective that I don't think the government has a good sense of what's going on. As you say, they know more than we do. What, what, the, what the information is telling us and their behavior is, you're exactly right, they do not have a sense of what's going on. And at the scale by which it's happening, as we're discussing now. Yeah, again, you know, I, even though I deal mainly in Pennsylvania, I do get reports from neighboring states around the country. People call me. I've dealt with people throughout the world. And there's a lot of phenomena going on. I mean, last year, it, it wasn't like the way we had in the 1970s, which we can talk about, which was the biggest ever recorded. But last year was more than normal, with especially the Bigfoot activity, which apparently is still going on right through last week here in Pennsylvania. And some very interesting phenomena. Last year was quite busy for me. I mean, I was busy all year long with reports coming in, even the winter right now. We're getting steady reports, which is odd because during this time of year, we don't get that many reports. So it's almost like continuing for 2018. There's a lot of mysterious events going on out there with the UFOs, uh, the Bigfoot, the cryptid phenomena, the mystery boom reports we've been hearing. There's all kind of phenomena that's going on, and I'm getting this from other researchers as well. So looking at this in more detail, are you seeing here that it's where you are in Pennsylvania that's getting a lot of activity. Is it more than what you get elsewhere in the country? Well, I can't say it's more. Again, very detailed reports. I, I only know generally what's going on across the country from some of the people I talk to when I see on the Internet in different places. But what I'm hearing from different people is, you know, they've had activity as well. Fascinating. I mean, I will say that some, for example, some of the Bigfoot reports, and we can get into some of these, uh, are some of the the best detailed accounts I've heard in a long time. You know, so many of the Bigfoot reports you hear about, they're in the dark, they're, you know, quite a distance away, they can't be sure what they're seeing. But some of the reports we've had here, and I've investigated hundreds of Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania over the years since the 60s, but some of the reports even this year have been very detailed, very close range, and when I'm saying close range, I'm telling you, I can tell you about one case happened a few months ago where the witness was five feet away from the creature. And, uh, I mean, some of these cases are very, very intriguing. Stan, I have a question. You, you've, you have a number of films and documentaries that you've supported uh, that deal with, you know, the, on the trail of Bigfoot, et cetera. So, you know, from my perspective, it seems like that the Bigfoot investigation process and equipment is getting rather advanced today and i'm thinking about drones etc but you know i watch the different shows on tv uh like you say the other the other content internet sources etc but you know can you describe to us these different levels or or the tools means and methods that is currently being used in the hunt for bigfoot and other cryptids well yeah well let me tell you a little bit about 
my history of getting involved, because I had probably the most active groups in the country back many, many years ago. I, I founded my first group back in 1970. That was the Westmoreland County UFO Study Group. It started out small here outside of Pittsburgh, and it was an all-volunteer group. We did this around our full-time jobs. I, I started my hotline in 1969. And with the amount of calls coming in soon after people started hearing about my hotline, it was a lot more than I could handle. I decided to try to set up a volunteer group. Well, I was very surprised who, who I got involved. I had scientists and engineers and technicians and all kinds of people from all kinds of scientific backgrounds, from physicists, geologists, anthropologists. I mean, you can go on and on. I had uh, police officers, former military intelligence people. And most of the people working with me did anonymously because they're physicians. Dr. Heineck would have called it the Invisible College because so many of these people, because of their positions, some in colleges were involved in my group as well. They did it anonymously. More to come with Stan and Mark and Gene. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com.
The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811, brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Stan Gordon, mentioning here scientists unofficially involved, let's go on with that. We had all these different uh, specialists, and by 1973, we had expanded to cover the entire state of Pennsylvania. We were getting reports in from many, many different resources, including uh, law enforcement, and we were extremely busy dealing with all of these reports. Over the years, the group expanded to the Pennsylvania Center for UFO Research, and then I found another group called the Pennsylvania Association for the Study of the Unexplained. And uh, since about November of 93, I've been working as an independent researcher, Uh, Even though I maintain contact with a lot of people in the research field, I've been working mainly on my own. But for years and years, we had all these people involved. And, you know, back in those days, there was not a lot of equipment available. So we built our own. We built our own night vision equipment. We had the radiation counters. We had magnetic field detectors. Uh, We had had some pretty decent equipment uh, for what we had. And, of course, we had no funding. We all did it out of our own pockets. So we could only do what we could do. And we had some laboratories that, Basically, um, as a professional courtesy, uh, donated their facilities to examine some of the materials we recovered over the years. And again, from what I'm seeing of different groups today, and there's a lot of groups out there, but I'm not seeing as much really detailed in-the-field research going on that I'm aware of, at least not in this area. But those I know are involved. The, The equipment technologically has gotten better. The night vision is much better. You know, the game cans out there, the digital cameras the drones, um, there's a lot of new technology, as you mentioned, that is a lot better. The whole point is you've got to have the people available to go out and do this. And, you know, this is very time-consuming. I mean, back in the day when I was doing this and I was a lot younger, you know, we we staked out many areas day and night, you know, for periods of time uh, where reports were coming in. Unfortunately, I never got to see anything. 
Uh, I can tell you some interesting accounts of some things that happened, but I never saw anything that I couldn't explain except for footprints and some other uh, physical evidence out in the field. The whole point is people have to have the time and the capability to really spend time doing the research. And unfortunately, it's, you know, many people just don't have that capability today. One thing I always wonder here, when you have people who do sky watches go out there looking for UFOs, are they more inclined to see something or less inclined because UFOs are so unpredictable? Well, I, I can't say that I spent a lot of time on what you would call sky watches. I did. I spent a lot of time out in the woods and fields investigating incidents and staking out areas, especially with Bigfoot incidents over the years where there was people reporting activity around the locations. but. Yeah, I was at some sky watches over the years at different places, and people would have sky watch parties. They'd invite me to come down, and a lot of people would start looking at things moving across the sky, and it was very apparent what they were seeing were satellites. And a lot of people out there just are not familiar with what they're looking for or what they're looking at. So now you've got the space station. You've got satellites up there. Even the last couple of years, we've had some very bright fireballs, or bolides, uh, bright meteors coming across the sky, and they're generally reported uh, over a large area, so occasionally people are lucky enough to see some of those. You get re-entry of space debris at, at times. So there's a lot of things that sometimes people are lucky enough to see when they're out there doing uh, sky watches, but uh, I haven't even had a chance to see one of those. So I guess I've just been in the wrong place uh, at the, when these things occur. Or maybe they know you're there, and they don't like <laughs> you. Stan, I got a question for you about the Bigfoot cases. Are you familiar with or been involved with any uh, Bigfoot in, in military personnel encounters? I can, I can say that over the years I've talked to former military people who had encounters, but not directly involved with, uh, I can think about this time of, of military units, for example, carrying, even though I've heard many stories, allegedly a different military installation of sightings going on in past years. But, you know, so what I'm referring to is any accounts where the U.S. government has sent military personnel to seek out the Sasquatch or the, you know, or a Bigfoot, et cetera. Uh, I have heard stories. I've heard stories over the last 20, 30 years of these things. There's nothing I can confirm. I've heard these stories from people. I've heard them in Pennsylvania. I've heard talk. In the last few years, you know, the Chestnut Ridge, and you may be familiar with it, Chestnut Ridge is probably one of the most active areas in the country for repeated phenomena. So the Chestnut Ridge is that mountain range that extends here in southwest Pennsylvania through Westmoreland, Fayette, Indiana County, into around Preston County, West Virginia. It has been a hotbed from information for years and years. I started learning about it. Uh, back in the 60s, when I was investigating UFO reports, and people started telling me about the activity. And historically, going back before that now, I mean, there's a lot of records of things that have occurred up there. The earliest firsthand account, for example, of, of an actual Bigfoot encounter where I interviewed the witness went back to 1931 up in Fayette County near Indian Head. But the sightings along the ridge continue to be active, including last year, including uh, tracks found in the area in the recent weeks. And um, it's a very, very strange place. And we can talk about some of those famous historical cases that have occurred all through that area. And in the last few years, I, I've heard big, other people involved in Bigfoot research who, who talked about encountering some military types up in the area where Bigfoot was going on. 
I don't know if anybody can say they were directly there looking uh, into cases. I don't know that. But you, you hear these stories. And I, I've always felt that there probably is some interest, probably by the military and the government, in some of the Bigfoot UFO cases. Going back to the 1970s, and I know we've talked about some of these in past shows, but that was when some of the most amazing incidents of Bigfoot were ever documented. 1973, first we had the biggest UFO wave here in Pennsylvania. I mean, in the country, we had a major wave of UFO studies, but it kind of peaked in the fall, around October 73, across the country, and was making national news. Back here in PA, began January 1st, continued to the last day of the year. There were hundreds and hundreds of UFO reports coming in. And once again, UFO reports. That doesn't mean that all of them were unexplainable. A lot of them we were able to figure out what people saw, but there were many, many really well documented cases, which I go into in my Solid Invasion book, and many of these were, again, low-level, close-range sightings of solid physical craft, or what appeared to be solid physical craft. So we had all these UFO sightings went on for months and months, and then in the summer of 73, we had that massive, biggest Bigfoot outbreak ever documented. It went on to early 74, multitudes of Bigfoot sightings, many in daylight, many at close range, Sometimes more than one creature seen together. Back at that time, when this was going on, you've got to remember, 1973, there's no internet, there's no cell phones. So when people saw something unusual, they generally called the police. So many of the reports we were getting were referrals from uh, law enforcement, and my teams would be out there quite often within minutes to hours on the scene of many of these cases. So that's why we were able to document this so thoroughly. And we would see the physical evidence. You've interviewed the, the, the people, and many of these people were very emotional, very shook up, giving great detailed accounts. You were seeing the unusual animal reactions, which I've written about. And I've always said you can fool people, but you can't fool the animals. And to see large, normally very active, ferocious, normal dogs not making a sound, not moving, shaking, cowering soon after a Bigfoot is standing near them, it was quite interesting. And that's when we began to see these very strange things show up with these cases. That's where it began to make me question with Bigfoot, what are we dealing with? And we can get into some of the amazing cases that happened just last year that suggest more and more that Bigfoot may be much stranger than just an unknown primate, a flesh and blood animal, or it might be something else going on. Because during that wave, one of the things we first began to notice was series of footprints that would go on for this and suddenly stop and disappear when there should have been more tracks, even in fresh snow. Then we began to see that pattern. We would have a UFO sighting in a particular area, but the minutes to hours of days later, we would have a Bigfoot sighting or vice versa. And then we began to document some of those amazing cases with a Bigfoot and a UFO seen together at the same time and place. Some of the cases back then began to give us clues that there was a lot more of this phenomena than any of us had any idea what we were dealing with. Again, as I said before, as reluctant as I am to say it, the more and more data is beginning to show up with suggested Bigfoot, for lack of a better term, we may be dealing with something interdimensional. We're dealing with a phenomena, and this may also be with certain type of UFOs, other cryptids. We're dealing with a phenomena that has a physical and a non-physical component to it. These objects, these creatures come into our physical reality, 
They can look physically solid at times, even though in some cases they're not always completely physically solid in appearance. They can leave physical evidence, and then they're gone. Okay, Stan Gordon talking about Bigfoot from another dimension, from the fifth dimension. We have Mark, Gene, and Stan, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, of course, here, if they go into the fifth dimension, does that mean to get them to go back, you have to get them to say their name backwards? I know most people don't understand the connection of that. But Mitzelplex, Gene. Mitzelplex. Mixes, yeah, mixes Pitlick. That's, I think, one pronunciation of it that I heard. Yes, of course. Of course. Anyway, Stan, let's continue. So the suggestion here is because they wink out, they're winking into another dimension. Is that your perception? Well, well again, there's a lot of data out there, and it's not just in Pennsylvania. I, I know going back to the 70s with many other researchers I interviewed, and even in recent years, I'm in touch with a lot of prominent and others that are not so well-known people in the field. They all have the similar data. They're all seeing these kind of reports. But as I found years ago, you know, many people in the UFO field do not want to associate UFOs and Bigfoot and vice versa. 
Many people in the Bigfoot field who believe we're dealing with something, a physical unknown animal, don't want to connect Bigfoot and UFOs. My position has always been, I don't have the answers. This is what's turning up from many different areas and different people. I'm documenting information. I don't have the answers, but there's something going on, and it's something that needs serious research. Some of the cases that stand out for me or that I'm interested in, this is a, this is both the case for you know ufology or, or this you know, UFO phenomena, but then also for Bigfoot. And that is situations where, for example, people startle Bigfoot or they startle aliens, which to me suggests uh, many other things. It's a very interesting notion to go down. But do you, do you recall any cases where people have startled either Bigfoot or aliens and in, in what that what I call a more. Um, they're more of a level playing field. So, for example, you're not being abducted. You just kind of find yourself in the same place at the same time. Exactly. And this is interesting what you brought up because I've been bringing this up for the last two to three years that we're, see we're getting more reports from people who are observing or counting these creatures. And they're mentioning the fact that when they encounter these creatures, both Bigfoot and other cryptids, that the creatures seem to be startled that they're able to be seen by the human observer. And I've been saying, I think that could be an interesting clue to what we're dealing with. So yeah, this is something that's being brought up more and more by different people. What does that suggest then? So when I think that through, what that suggests to me is there's a lot more activity going on on the planet, so to speak, or that what would suggest than, that we're, than we're aware of, right? So if we're startling or catching people, you know, or these entities, phenomena, et cetera, off guard, that means they had an agenda. They were there to do something. They weren't expecting to run into people. So what are they up to? I don't know. It suggests something deeper. That, that's that, that, that's where I'm going with it. Well, it, again, there's so much speculation here. That's all we can do. But, you know, some of the speculation is that these creatures may seem to feel that they're in a situation where they should not be able to be observed for whatever activity they're doing, and then suddenly they find themselves in a position where they can be seen, and they react uh, very interestingly uh, when this takes place. Just perceiving that further on here, are we saying here that Bigfoot and UFOs are kissing cousins, as it were? You know, the, the point I've been trying to make for a long time is I am not trying to state that Bigfoot is a passenger and a UFO, a spacecraft from another planet, because nobody knows. We don't even know for sure what the UFOs represent. You know, of course, for years and years, many people, and I was one of those people in the early days that always thought these things had to be extraterrestrial. What else could they be? Well, now that I've interviewed thousands of witnesses on thousands of UFO cases over the years, that there's a lot of interesting aspects to it that makes you wonder. I mean, some of these objects, or you might maybe craft, Many are seen in daylight. Some have been seen at, at very uh, close range. Some of them have physically changed form right in front of witnesses. Sometimes they suddenly appear and disappear. And I've had cases over the years. I uh, remember one years ago, there was a group of people standing there, and apparently this large object was hovering overhead, and only a couple people within the group could see it, and the others couldn't. So could it be, again, that there's maybe under certain conditions or do certain people have certain abilities that they're able to perceive the phenomena that other people can't? 
they're more sensitive to it for whatever reason. So there's so many aspects of it, what we're dealing with, and it's, it's so strange and unusual. You know, I said years ago, the phenomenon is so strange it protects itself, because unless you've been involved in it or have an experience, it's very hard to believe some of these things could exist. How far back, Stan, do these stories go? I mean, you're tracking modern events, et cetera, but do you do any research back into, say, native lore, First people's lore or something to see if there's correlation between what you're, you know, if, is, is there any overlap between any of this historically? I've done a little bit, but I know other researchers have looked a lot here in Pennsylvania, going back to the Native Americans. I can tell you with the Bigfoot phenomena, there are Native American accounts in Pennsylvania. There are many newspaper accounts from the 1800s that talk about Bigfoot encounters, large tracks being found. So this phenomenon is nothing new. And with UFOs, of course, there are many records of the, the airships, the great airships of the 1890s, including from Pennsylvania. Uh, I know there's many, many news accounts over the years from years after after the 1920s through the 40s and up to the present of multitudes of UFO cases throughout the state and, and I'm sure throughout the country. So both of these phenomena are not uh, something that just uh, suddenly happened. They've been around for a long time. And, you know, some of these cases we had, uh, back in the seventies, I mean, they were most amazing. Uh, the one case that the one case that really caught our attention, and it's it's been written up all over the world, and it's a long, long case. So I'm not going to get into all the great detail, but the the basic part of the story was it was during the major flap of '73. Uh, I got a call from the state police barracks at Uniontown in Fayette County. I just talked to a trooper, called me who just came back from this incident. And he wanted me to get a team up there as soon as possible. There was a multiple witness UFO landing of what in the sky appeared to be a barn-sized red sphere about 100 feet off the ground moving downward. And so multiple people were seeing this thing coming down. It was taking place out on a farm, and the farmer's son was just coming up to visit him that day when he saw the object coming down. He went up onto a hill to get a better view. And it looked like it was going to land in his dad's pasture. So he and two neighbor boys decided they were going to go up to see what this thing is. They stopped at his dad's farm, grabbed a 30 odd six and a handful of ammunition. In that ammunition were two tracers, as well as uh, regular ammo. And as these three are proceeding down the farm lane, the dogs in the area are going crazy. They hear this high-pitched whining sound and this loud baby crying sounds. As they get their truck closer to the area, they have their truck on an angle, they have the headlights on, and they had never noticed this before, but it looked like something was draining the power from the headlights. And as they're walking up towards the pasture, they walk up to the hill, they stop up there, and they're suddenly just cannot believe what they're seeing, because about 250 feet away, this object is now in the pasture, on the ground, or right above it. But now it's a big white hemisphere, like a, a big white dome, about 100 feet or so in diameter, illuminating the whole area, making this loud whining noise. And they're just standing there. They, they can't believe what they're seeing. They're trying to figure this thing out. And as they're watching, their attention is drawn to this barbed wire fence about 75 feet distance. And along that barbed wire fence are these two huge creatures, one behind the other, slowly walking towards them. The one in front is about eight feet tall. The, the fence post is six feet. This thing's about eight feet tall. The one behind is a little smaller, around seven feet tall. Now, the, 
the primary uh, witness, the older fellow, has been hunting for years. He knows animals. He knows a bear. First thought was, it's got to be a bear, but then realized these things are bipedal. The arms are so long, they're hanging down almost to the ground. They're covered in long, dark, matted hair. They have luminous, glowing green eyes and are making this baby crying, whining noise. And they're moving very slowly, stiffly, one behind the other as they're making that crying, whining noise. So Skeeter runs out of the field. The other skid starts yelling, shoot him, shoot him. So the guy takes his first shot. We'll find out what happened after that first shot. Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Mark Jackson, you're in. The Bearcast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 
Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Jay Randall Murphy's on special assignment, his first special assignment since becoming the co-host of the Paracast. We have Mark Jackson a real scientist, joining us. And we're talking to Stan Gordon about somebody firing a shot at a Bigfoot. And what happened next? Okay, so he fires that first tracer, which you just get that luminous trail from that uh, tracer. He uh, fires a second tracer, and when he does, there's an interesting reaction from the largest creature. It lets out one of those loud whining crying sounds reaches out as though it grabbed the tracer, and the exact moment it does that, that huge object in the field suddenly vanishes and disappears. So most of the luminosity is gone, but all that brightness is gone, the sound stopped, the whining noise is gone, and at that point, the two creatures turn around, start walking along the barbed wire fence back towards the woods. At that point, he's firing his .30-06 with live ammo, mainly concentrating that largest the creature. And he said, look, I've been hunting for years. He said, I know I'm hitting that thing. And he said, there's no effect on it whatsoever. And he said, until he passed away, he said, I'll never forget how that creature just stared at me with those glowing green eyes as I'm firing live ammo by 30 odds just into with no reaction whatsoever. And they ran back to the truck, went back to the farmhouse, told the family what happened, took it to the neighborhood, and they called the state police. When the trooper arrived, Around 45 minutes later, the witness said, look, just forget about it. You're going to think I'm nuts. Trooper said, look, he said, we got a report of two similar creatures up on their mountain the night before. I had to go up and investigate the report. So they went up in the troop car, and they're up there looking around the area for evidence. The trooper told me, he walked over the area where the thing was reportedly on the ground. He said, the whole area was soft, luminescent, and glowing, but 100 feet or more in diameter. He said he, the farm animals wouldn't go anywhere near it. He shined his flashlight beam into it. You could barely see the beam. And he said if he had a newspaper was crouched down, he could read the newspaper from the glow coming off that glowing area. And, again, there, there's so much more to the story. We don't have time to get into it all. It gets stranger and stranger. But what happened was they went back to the state police barracks. And when they did, both the trooper and the witness were taken to two separate rooms and separately interviewed. And then they called me to send my team up. It was already late by the time I got the call, but we got our, our radiation equipment, we got our equipment all packed up, and we got up there in the early morning hours, 
And when we got there, the radiation levels were normal. The glowing area was gone. The animals still wouldn't go anywhere near the area. It's a long, long, involved case. Back then, the well-known psychiatrist, Dr. Berthold Schwartz, spent a week up here interviewing all the people. I know he wrote uh, some information articles about it, went away convinced these people are all telling the truth. At times, we do still get these reports. They could be a lot more common than a lot of people realize, except many people and many witnesses are, are even more reluctant to talk about the stranger aspects of both phenomena for various reasons. But it's going on, been going on for a long time. There's actually a new documentary that I have a part in that could be out any day now. It's called uh, Paranormal Bigfoot from Bilko Productions. And that's going to talk a lot about these type of reports because there is more and more interest in this phenomenon in recent years. And more people are asking the same question I did many years ago. If Bigfoot is real and it's an unknown species of animal, why don't we have a body by now? It makes no sense. And if you're interested, I'll tell you about a particular case in 74 that gave us a clue to why we have no bodies of Bigfoot here in Pennsylvania or anywhere else probably. Yeah, please continue. So as all these cases are occurring back during that time, and they're continuing in the 74, and we're getting more reports in from widespread areas from different people, we had one particular case that really was quite fascinating, February 6, 1974. Also, way in the mountains of Fayette County, again, near the ridge up near Ohio. Well, a lot of people who are listening to the show might remember this time period because of the fact that, one, we had a national trucker strike. There was gas rationing taking place. There was a lot of violence on the roads and highways across the country. So here in Pennsylvania, because of what was happening, the National Guard and the state police were patrolling together. So interestingly, there were personnel from both the Guard and the state police that responded to this incident. I couldn't get up there the next morning because nobody had gas where I lived, so I had to wait to get gas the next morning. This woman who lived in the mountains all her life, knew animals well, was a very good shot, pretty much not afraid of anything. She's sitting there watching TV that evening. It's February 6, 1974. As she's watching TV, she hears this commotion on her little front porch of her cabin home. She has some cans, empty cans of pop out there, and someone's knocking the pop cans around. Prior to that, a few weeks before, I believe it was, there had been a pack of wild dogs that moved through the area, so she thought maybe the dogs are back. So she thought, you know what, I'll just grab my shotgun, and I'll just fire over their head, and I'll scare those dogs away. So that was her intention. So she grabs her shotgun, loads the chamber, and she uh, makes her way over and turns on the, the switch for the front porch light. She goes over to the door and opens up and steps out on the front porch. And surprisingly, there was no dogs there. But two or three feet in front of her, I believe it was, there's this huge, hairy Bigfoot creature standing right there with its arms straight up over its head. What does she do? She fires right into it. She said there's this bright flash of light, like the flash on a camera, and the creature vanished right in front of her and disappeared. Now, interestingly, that's not the end of the story. Her in-laws lived about 100 feet away. They heard the, the gunshot. And they called her on the phone to see what was going on. And she explained to him what she had just seen. So her son-in-law grabs his pistol, and he starts walking up that dark road up towards her cabin home. As I recall, he saw a figure running down the road. He couldn't identify what it was or who it was. But as he got closer, he said he was surrounded by four or five hairy people with eyes like coals of fire. Started shooting at her randomly, 
and ran into the cabin. It's around that same time as they're looking out that there's this large object, like a big Christmas ornament, hovering over the trees at the same time. That's when they called the state police. My team and I went up. We met a uh, an animal officer from the, up in that area. We were all searching for evidence. Uh, in the woods, we found a BB pattern from the from the gun that she had fired from the porch right in line uh, where she had shot at the creature. I interviewed the, the primary state police investigator, and he said to me, he said, I don't know what happened up here, but something very strange took place. I mean, this has been not only with dogs, but it's been with horses and cattle, uh, cats, different animals, where we've got this from the people who knew their animals well, and these animals all reacted very unusual at the time. But very commonly, with a lot of UFO, re- well, some of UFO reports, but mainly with a lot of Bigfoot reports, when these creatures are close to the animals, even the most ferocious dogs, they just like paralyzed. They will not bark. They shake. They cower. They'll hide wherever they can. People said they watched them laying on the ground and their eyes just roaring around without making any sound. Now, the trooper told me when he got to the scene, everything was quiet. Uh, the dogs wouldn't make a sound. There was one dog, I'm not sure if it was Eskimo Spitz or German Shepherd, but it was in a cage. And he opened that up because the dog wasn't moving. He should have, and he tried to pull the dog out. Dog should have ripped his arm off. The dog wouldn't even move. That was not the only case we had, which suggested that these things could appear and disappear when shot at. More to come. Stan, Mark, and Gene, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The city of Aurora, Illinois is setting up a GoFundMe page for the victims of Friday's shooting at a manufacturing plant. The Aurora Strong Community Fund hopes to raise around $50,000 for the families of the five people who died and the people who were injured, including police officers. Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman on the mood of her officers. There's a lot of somberness knowing that lives lost. As I was talking to a few officers, they said they felt like they saved a lot of lives today, but they're going to be concentrating on the four, um, on the, the, the five victims that they they couldn't and so right now there's a, a, a on one hand a sigh of relief that our officers are going to be okay President Trump spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort as reaction continues to come in from him declaring a national emergency. At least three lawsuits are in the works and Democrats are planning to block the move in Congress. This is USA Radio News. 
Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. When I found out I had diabetes a while back, I thought, hey, this isn't going to get better unless I really make a fundamental change. And along with that, I got on board with Balance of Nature. So I'm, I'm going to do a lot of things right, but uh, I, I think I can't tell you how much it, how good it feels to, to, to have some of the issues that I was dealing with completely gone. Every winter, I usually get a really bad laryngitis, cold, I didn't get it this past year. <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I didn't get it this year at all. Use discount code USA for 35% off your first preferred set of fruits and veggies with free shipping. This offer is going to end between now and February, so act fast. Call 800-246-8751 or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Okay, so they disappear, these creatures, Stan Gordon, when you shoot at them. Were they ever really there physically, or were they just projections of some sort? Isn't that weird? Well, yeah, I mean, some cases there was physical evidence on the ground, such as, uh, you know, footprints, uh, and some cases there weren't. In some cases, um, people shot at them, and they just fell down and, ran and went back into the woods or were not injured. But there have been some incidents where these things have people shot at them, and they disappeared in a flash of light. In more recent years, and this is not just in Pennsylvania, throughout the country, many Bigfoot researchers and people out there in different areas where there's been a history of Bigfoot activity have been com- coming back, and I've interviewed many of them, and they told me they're seeing these strange for a better term, orbs of light or small spheres of light or other strange light phenomena in the trees and close to the ground and sometimes climbing close to the investigators in the air where Bigfoot activity is taking place. So they're seeing this strange phenomena, but they're not seeing Bigfoot. So there's a lot more to this than anybody realizes. It's very complex. There's a lot of oddities about the Bigfoot phenomenon. I have a whole lecture I do on it called um, Strange Aspects of Elusive Bigfoot and Why There's No Bodies of Bigfoot. And more and more people now are starting to pay attention to this because they're wondering the same thing. You know, why don't we have more physical evidence of Bigfoot after so many years? Stan, can you recall any cases where witnesses have described technology being on the, their person, being on a Bigfoot, any handheld devices? Is any belts, you know, any anything at all, any connection with technology on them? 
You know, I've heard some of those stories from out of state. I cannot think of any cases I can think of in Pennsylvania where I had that turn up. But I can remember some cases from going back to probably 70s and 80s. And I've heard sporadic reports from around the country where a few people have mentioned seeing something like a Bigfoot with some type of uh, like a box device or a belt or something around them. But it's not something that I've heard here in Pennsylvania. So for me, I come at the field sort of nuts and bolts uh, perspective on this phenomena. And I approached Bigfoot in the same way, if you know, I believe it is possible. So what does that mean for me? I'd always went back to a, a gigantopithecus, some sort of crossbreeding with um, Neanderthal. And of course, we know today that the genealogical data does not support direct lineages across the different uh, humanoid species that, of course, there's interbreeding is documented genetically uh, with Neanderthals, etc. But I'm sitting here trying to rectify, is this a Chewbacca? You know, do we have a spacefaring race of uh, Wookiees out there or is it something more uh, primordial, something more like uh, what do you think of uh, when you think of fairies and trolls and something to that effect? Yeah, there's other researchers out there that are looking to this as well, and they feel that a lot of these different uh, entities, that some of these may all be somehow interconnected. But one thing that I found a long ago, and it's still going on, is that many close-range, low-level UFO sightings and many encounters with Bigfoot and other cryptids commonly occur in the vicinity of high-energy sources. And I don't think there's any doubt about this. Many occur around... Power plants, high-tension power lines, geez, railroad tracks, uh, gas lines, gas wells, radio communication towers, reservoirs, goes on and on and on. I have no doubt that a lot of the phenomena we're dealing with is, is energy-related. You know, some of these cases from around the country are very unusual. I'm not the only one that's been finding some of this, and others, and some well-known people like uh, Nick Redfern and I think Linda Moulton Howe and others have, have talked or written about some of these cases themselves over the years. Um, I had that one case back in 73 where two witnesses outside of Pittsburgh saw this um, huge, hairy-covered Bigfoot with white hair running across the road, but in one of its hands, it was carrying a small, luminous ball of light. And it ran into the woods, and a short time later, this object came across the sky and projected a beam of light down into the woods where the creature had run into. I mean, there's just so much out there that people are unaware of. And some of these cases last year are showing the same kind of phenomena showing up. I mean, we had some amazing reports come in. And again, these are people generally from the general public. These are not people who are into UFOs and Bigfoot. The people are very reluctant to come in and, and describe uh, what they're seeing and experiencing. And, and I'll tell you when we're done here about this that happened just last week because I got a very detailed statement today from the people involved. They said the same thing, and they had no idea that they were telling me something was most fascinating. But, I mean, some of the incidents uh, have been just, very, again, very close range, very detailed reports coming in. A couple of things has happened, and there's many, just in the last year. In May of last year, in Greene County, outside of Pittsburgh, during the afternoon, uh, a, a woman is um, at her house closing a window because a storm's approaching. But 150 feet away, over her neighbor's home, she sees this dark, half-like, saucer-shaped object hovering about uh, right over top of her, about 20, 25 feet over the area. And 
excuse me, it, it's about 150 feet uh, over the area, about 20, 25 feet in length, about 8 to 10 feet high. It banks and moves off to the southeast. A couple days later, not far from there, on the border between Green and Washington County, a person's riding down the road. They see a vehicle pulled off. There's a person's side of the vehicle pointing up a hill, a person standing next to that vehicle pointing up the hill. Then this person slows down, and they look and they see, here's this, from that distance, it looked like a six and a half to seven foot tall, uh, upright creature covered with black or brown hair, walked bipedal on two legs, came out of the tree line, took four or five steps, was close enough that they could see this was not a bear, he had no muzzle like a bear, and turned around and walked back into the woods. So... Again, it's just coincidence. You have a UFO sighting. Short time later, you have uh, a Bigfoot sighting. Here's another one. This was uh, outside of Pittsburgh in July. I got a report of a sighting, uh, of a UFO sighting. This was uh, early July, mid-July. This was in a business section of Pittsburgh uh, in the evening, so most everything's closed down. And this witness observes this kind of an orange-colored uh, vertical object hovering about 100 feet above a building area. And another person saw it, we know of, and the thing kind of hovering there, then it moves off across the sky. Within the hour, within the hour, miles away outside of Pittsburgh, uh, there was a family having a large uh, outdoor gathering out in the woods. They had a big fire going, and they were uh, cooking a lot of food, had a lot of music going. And multiple people were involved in this. It all began with um, the family's large dog. And the dog began to get extremely upset and was barking and carrying on. And then they began to hear something very heavy, taking very, very heavy bipedal steps in the woods, getting closer. And now this party, uh, this picnic, uh, was a pretty large area. So there were people out there dancing and having fun and sitting around the campfire, some people, whatever. They, they began to hear these loud growls, and, they, and the dog began to growl back the same way. But at one point, apparently, this large creature was standing pretty close to this big campfire. And from the luminosity from the campfire, the one witness got a good look at this thing. He said, this huge creature... And he was just mesmerized by the sight of this thing. It stood with two legs, long arms outstretched. The man said this thing was at least eight foot tall, appeared to be very muscular and massive, with broad shoulders covered with long, dark hair. He said that he actually could hear the creature breathing profoundly and heavily, and he watched his huge chest moving in and out as it was breathing. And he said he was very fearful of this thing, but the thing never moved towards him. It had luminous, glowing red eyes. At least that's what it appeared may have been some reflection from the fire, and then it was swaying back and forth and then turned and went back into the woods. So more than one person saw it. They all heard it. They heard the, um, the, uh, the, the um, noise it was making, the loud noises it was making, and the dog was reacting very, uh, very shook up and very agitated from it. So it was a very detailed case. Um, another researcher, Dave Dragason, who is known for his uh, forensic um, witnessed um, drawings with Bigfoot observers, and he um, did a very good um, sketch of this creature, which is on my website, by the way, stangordon.info. We'll check out that website. Stan, Gene, and Mark, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older. But it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Would you describe more detail exactly what kind of photo is on your site of this thing? The, the witnesses were all we interviewed. Uh, Dave Dragson is another well-known Pennsylvania Bigfoot researcher. He's also a forensic artist. So he's known for doing many uh, sketches of Bigfoot based on what the witness described. He was able to meet with uh, witnesses, and the one primary witness, he was able to get a very nice sketch based on what he saw, and that sketch is on my website as well. So here, again, you have a UFO sighting over a... a a very uh, populated area, within the hour, only miles away, you have this interesting, very close-range Bigfoot sighting. So that's very intriguing, too. But the reports got even more interesting as the year went on. And there are multitudes of reports. Uh, I'm going to give you a highlight of some of the more interesting ones here. Um, Up on the Chestnut Ridge, for example, again, back to the Chestnut Ridge outside of Dairy, PA, outside of Lake Trobe, when there's been a lot of incidents. This was uh, in early September of last year, and this is an area where there's been a long history of many Bigfoot sightings going on for years and years from a lot of different people. It was a very rainy night, and as his he- he's riding down the road, and his headlights about 75 feet away, he says, this thing appeared out of nowhere. He says, whatever it was, it, it appeared in the middle of the road, moving from left to right. When he first saw this thing, he said, it looked very foggy or misty, but he said you could definitely see what was a, a humanoid form, a foggy white form that was about six and a half to seven feet tall, seemed to be somewhat stooped over, and he said that it had a huge muscular shoulders and a small waist, and he said that he really couldn't see the legs and arms that were not discernible, but he said what was so odd among what he was seeing was that it looked like it was floating down the road and like it almost was gliding into the field, and it disappeared. But we get other reports like this as well. Again, not just Bigfoot, sometimes other cryptids as well. So that's fascinating. And then it was just weeks later, up on top of the ridge, that was uh, only miles away from the ridge. Now, this would have been in uh, October, early October, up on top of the ridge along the wood line. Beautiful morning. This person's taking a walk. Very familiar with the bear in the area and the other animals. There's a lot of wildlife up through the ridges. She hears what sounds like a loud knock against a tree, and she's looking around. And anyhow, she's walking into the woods. There's this big, dark tree trunk. And then she realizes there's something right nearby the tree. It didn't move at that point. As she's looking closer to this thing, she realizes that about 20 feet away from her, there's this large, dark, humanoid creature hugging the tree 
as though trying to camouflage itself. She said this thing is about seven feet tall, covered with black hair, looking about three inches in length. The creature seemed to be tall and thin, but she couldn't shoulders or um, lower extremities due to the way the creature was positioned against a tree. She said she could see the face look pale. It wasn't sure there was any hair on it. The nose wasn't prominent and to be pushed in. There was no muzzle like a bear. The witness could not see any ears on the creature. The physical feature caught the witness was that the eyes were very large, much larger than the human, more round, and they were very dark and black in color. And the creature was shifting its eyes around nervously, moving them back and forth. And when the eyes were shifted in the corner, she said she could see a white around them, commented that they looked almost like alien-looking eyes that were so strange-looking. The creature had both of its very long, hairy arms wrapped around the trunk of the tree. The hair on the arms was black and wiry. It had its cheeks against the tree and was looking directly at her. Uh, it gave her the impression it was trying to hide from the witness. She stated that the way it was way too close to be this thing, and she ran away about 10 feet away to another tree to try to get back her composure, and she had her cell phone with her. She was going to try to get a picture of this thing. So a short time later, she hurries back to where it was, and it's not there. It's gone. But she thought it was a little odd that it was only 10 feet away. It's big, and she heard no sound of this thing coming or going. So that's kind of interesting, too. Then in November, we had probably, I'd say, one of the most detailed Bigfoot sightings we've had in a long time. This was uh, early November. This was down in the Mon Valley area outside of Pittsburgh. Mon Valley are all these small little towns that border along the Monongahela River. A lot of history, a lot of phenomena down in the Mon Valley, from Bigfoot sightings and a Thunderbird report even odd creatures in the river, uh, just all kind of weird phenomena, and the UFO sightings, all kind of phenomena along the Mon Valley for years and years. This was a fellow who had never seen anything, really didn't believe in these things, didn't really care about it. It was a very dark, cold, rainy night. He's riding down this road, and he notices there appears to be something on the, on the left side of the two-lane road just standing there. He slowly moves towards the turns on his high beams. He's about 50 feet away at that point moves a little uh, closer, has his high beams up, and suddenly this huge hair-covered creature walks into the road right in front of him, stops five feet in front of his vehicle. The witness said he was stunned as this creature stopped and turned and looked directly at him. This thing turns, and it walks out onto the roadway, and it's about five feet in front of him, and then he's stunned as the creature stops, and it turns and looks directly uh, at him with his glowing red eyes, and then it uh, takes very long strides as it leaps across the road from left to right. You can see it's very long arm swinging as it ran. The hands of the creature were in a closed, or as a witness stated, like a cup position. And the creature continued to run up the slight hill. The motorist told me that um, he grabbed for his cell phone to try to get a picture, and he followed the thing in the vehicle for just a very short distance. He said, in a matter of seconds, he lost sight of it and it was gone. He said this quick disappearance baffled him since he felt he still should have been able to see it even in the dark, moving off, but he couldn't. Now, you know, we're thinking a possibility that maybe the thing moved off the side of the road or outside of the illumination of the headlights, but his eyes were already adjusted to the dark. He was seeing this thing, and he thought it was very strange. It was, it was suddenly just gone. But he gave a great detail of what this thing looked like with a shaggy brown and black hair on uh, much of the body. We've heard this on a rare occasion before. He said there were some sections of the body where the hair was missing or very sparse, like it may have had mange. 
The head, he said, was about the size of a watermelon, and the face was long and narrow, and um, he just gave a very, very detailed account of this thing. Now, he was contacted me 15 minutes after it happened, was definitely shaking on the phone, very, very shook up. I met at the scene with him the next day. Uh, we searched for evidence. Unfortunately, it rained all night. The area was covered with leaves. We found a possible footprint ribbon standing on the side of the road, but it's not conclusive. He was still very shook up. Very, very good witness, very, very detailed, and that's just kind of what's going on. But the reports continue. They continued, um, again, throughout other areas. Some of the reports, again, we're, we're getting are just very, very strange, and I'm just going through my list here. There's so many different reports of phenomena going on. Um, I told you about some reports up there on the ridge and other reports of footprints being found up in those areas as well. There was another incident that happened, and this would have been uh, November. Now, this is not far from me. This is a, a major highway between Greensburg and Delmont, Pennsylvania. I got a call from one of the drivers of one of the vehicles. said he and another vehicle are driving down the road that evening. Of course, it's dark, and they have their high beams on. And suddenly, they both stop in the middle of the road. Because here's this huge seven to eight foot tall, huge hair covered creature with wide shoulders, long arms and legs. You can see the whole silhouette of the body. It's standing there right in the middle of the road. And he said the strangest thing was it never turned and walked off the road. It just suddenly vanished right in front of us. And he said this other car pulled up next to him, put a window down and said, did you see that? And he said, yeah, and he took off. So we hope to find that fellow, too. Within a week, uh, only miles away in another area, another fellow in daylight, fellow was working the area, passed through. He reported seeing a seven, eight-foot-tall, broad-shouldered, hair-covered creature over a hill and then walking through a field. And that's very intriguing. And then, among other reports, is this report that just happened last week. And just to show you, you know, how people react to this type of thing, but the couple that were involved were extremely reluctant to report it. They told a relative about it, and the relative suggested they contact me, and the relative called me and was telling me about what the, the family, the couple, uh, had, what had been encountered. And I heard in the background, I knew they were there, and, and finally the witness did decide to talk to me, and they gave me a, and we talked for, I probably interviewed them for an hour, hour and a half. Very credible, very detailed, very reluctant to talk about it, still very shook up. What a story. You know, with Stan Gordon, he's one of those guests where you sit back, relax, and he'll tell you a thousand and one stories, all more fascinating than the other. Mark, Gene, and Stan, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com, 
What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, let's pick up on that story, Stan, and let's take it to the conclusion. And Mark, you have three questions from Randall in the forum. You can ask them in succession. Let's go. Stan? Okay, well, anyhow, what, and I'm not going to read the whole account, but what it was, it was very early morning hours, around 5.30 in the morning, it's dark, they have their high beams on, their vehicle, it's a relatively new vehicle, and they have those really bright LED lights on them, and they're riding down this road, and it's an area where, again, there have been sightings for years of people seeing these things, but as they're riding down the road, coming down over a hill, this very tall, hairy creature goes across the road and steps into the wooded area. And she provides a very detailed account of this thing. She said the head was very large, so large that it was just sitting on its shoulders that there was no neck, which we've heard very often before. Shoulders were very large and broad, kind of hunched over. The arms were very, very long as it uh, crossed the road. The way, the angle of it, she couldn't really see any facial features. It only lasted for seconds. Figured they were probably somewhere around 50 feet away from this thing. Uh, Seven and a half to eight feet tall. Massive, but here's what's really interesting. And here's what this person states. And let me find this part of it here. I felt like in the movie Predator, how Predator can be invisible and then he can, then there's a glitch in and out and you're able to see him. That's what I thought happened with Bigfoot. He was all of a sudden there as out of nowhere and then disappeared. I did not look after the creature when it vanished as I was in shock of what I thought I had just seen. I didn't think. I read earlier, but the color of it was a dark, like a very dark brown color. So, I mean, this is what you're getting over and over again from people who have no reason to make up stories. They want no publicity. And they're, and they're telling you this things that is, even though the sighting itself is very strange, there's other elements to it that are even stranger. And it's going on more and more, not just in Pennsylvania, throughout the country and around the world. 
Now, Mark, you had some questions there left by Randall in case he couldn't attend this week's segment. Can you go through them in succession? Absolutely. And, and so the first one here is very much in the vein of what we're discussing. And so let's just get into it. So do you think that the common factors between various paranormal slash UFO phenomena, such as invisibility, shape-shifting, odd EM effects, the Oz factor, and that these things could be simply coincidental or that it lends credence to the idea that there's a common causal factor that may be behind most of it? Yeah. More and more, I think that, yes, somehow, all, uh, many of these phenomena are all related somehow. I talked about the energy connection. I believe there's an energy connection to it. Yeah, it's, it's something that I've been noticing for many, many years now. You know, when I started investing in those sightings in the 70s, I began interviewing people. And I was very careful not to put words in their mouth, not to lead them, and just did these interviews. And it's just amazing how during that 73, 74 wave, how these people would tell me about reluctantly how other phenomena would be also occurring that hadn't happened to them before. I mean, there were a couple different farms out in Derry Township along the ridge where some of the owners said these creatures would periodically come back and we would try to stake them out when we could. But there were so many other reports coming in, we couldn't be everywhere at the same time. And I remember one particular case, it was one particular farm where for months, Bigfoot would show up. There was other weird phenomena going on. Other people visiting the farm also experienced it. I remember this person saying to me, she said, you know, that I don't know what this thing is. She said, it might be a coincidence, but whenever that thing appears, it starts screaming and hollering, or we see it. These strange lights and this one object, kind of like a, um, almost like a, a luminous fusee, kind of like a small rectangular thing, comes across here and lights up the ground, and she would say, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but we would hear the creature see it, and soon after you see these strange lights appear. And that's what we began to get from more and more people. Some of the people began to talk about other paranormal phenomena, apparitions, uh, poltergeist activity, just all kind of weird things, the animal reactions. And yes, in more and more years, we're finding that people in, in certain areas are talking about the, the strange screams and cries, uh, apparitions, uh, orbs, you know, strange footprints, uh, UFOs, Bigfoot, other cryptids keep appearing. And of course, everybody's heard about the Skywalker Ranch. Well, a lot of the phenomena that was reported on the Skywalker Ranch was going on here in different areas in the 70s. But what's going on is there continues to be certain locations where this phenomena seems to focus on a certain area. Sometimes on the last day, sometimes the last months or years, similar to the, Sky, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, I know one place right now in Fayette County has been gone for several years now. And numerous people, plus the people who own the property, have experienced phenomena up there. Everything from, again, hauntings and strange lights and Bigfoot and screams and footprints and UFOs and all kind of weird phenomena is going on up on this property. And it just suddenly began, and it's still ongoing. And there's other places like this I've heard of around the country. So, again, it's a very mysterious phenomena. Again, I don't have the answers to what's going on. But the more I look into a lot of these phenomena, uh, I know a lot of people involved in the paranormal, and I know about the EM effects that have gone on 
with some of the people uh, in the ghost field with uh, having power outages and power failures with their equipment, similar to what other people were reporting with some of the UFO and Bigfoot phenomena. The more you look at these things, the more you've got to wonder, you know, is somehow some of these different phenomena all associated? And I think we've got to be much more open-minded, look much wider into these different areas and begin to, to document this information and realize that there's something going on and it's a lot stranger and much uh, broader phenomena that any of us really understand. Yeah, and Stan, to, speaking of those type of locations, I personally investigated um, the Breeze Ranch in Tappan, North Dakota. And after speaking with, you know, the, the head of that ranch, you know, he described exactly the same thing, that it's not just the UFOs. I mean, this case and this ranch experienced cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, um, and, and, and other things that are more similar to like a poltergeist type of experience, et cetera. So, yeah, it seems like there are, are concentrations of the phenomena in particular areas. Um, let's take it back to UFOs real quick here. Uh, to continue on with Randall's questions, uh, any comments on the unexpected acceleration out of the solar system of the interstellar object, Amuamua? How did you, what, what was your interpretation of that event, Stan? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm no expert on that area. I have only know what I've read about it. I think it's very interesting, and there's some people out there that feel that there's more to this than some type of a, a natural phenomena. I'll keep an open mind. I just don't have a lot of really direct information on it, so I don't really want to comment on it. But, you know, I, I haven't seen any upsurge of activity in relation to that report because we do get reports here every year, all year round. And as I was saying, in more recent years, we seem to be seeing an increase again in the, in the what I call the classic UFO sightings, not lights in the sky, but large structured craft close to the ground. And also, uh, one of the other areas I've dealt with have been what I call the mini UFOs. And I've been dealing with those since the 1960s, and they're still coming in. And these are fascinating because these small mini UFOs, they range anywhere from a few inches, about a foot in diameter. And they're really, really intriguing because they quite often come physically close to people. They don't hurt anybody. They've entered people's homes and cars through open windows, and um, they can be transparent. They can be solid, uh, look like physically metallic at times. I've had reports of them going through the walls of homes. I had one case several years ago, a beautiful afternoon up near State College, Pennsylvania. A fellow was in a, a nice big truck going down the road, a pretty good rate of speed. And he had his passenger side window down, and here's this small, I believe it was about the biggest, uh, like around a baseball, softball, as I recall from the report. And it was pacing his vehicle right outside of the uh, window, and suddenly it enters the passenger window. It's floating all around in the cabin of his truck. It comes right up to his leg. It's floating around his leg. Then it goes straight out through the bed of the truck and disappears. That sounds like what we sometimes see in these sci-fi films, where you have this little tiny glowing thing that goes after people in different ways. More to come. Gene, Mark, Stan, you're in... The Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. But Stan Gordon, this is not what happens in a sci-fi movie. This happened to somebody in the real world. Let's hear more. Yeah, there, there are so many cases like this. Uh, one case I remember from Northern PA years ago. I was talking to a woman, and she was in her kitchen one morning baking, cooking, and she had the window open. She said, one of these little small spheres comes in through the window. It's floating around the kitchen. So what's her reaction? She grabs her broom, starts striking it. She said it broke into two identical little spheres. They float around well, back out the window at the last she saw them. So those are intriguing, too. But then... There's actually, on occasion, some variations of some of these mini UFOs. And I had one happen, and I'm trying to remember all the details of it. This would have been, I um, guess, about two years ago. This was down in that Mon Valley area outside of Pittsburgh. What happened was, uh, this would have been, I'm trying to remember, this would have been, I believe, in October, somewhere around there, October of two years ago, I believe it was. And this was near Fayette City, uh, Fayette County. And that mo- early morning, the man went outside to warm up his wife's car. As he walked down the steps he's towards the car, now the, this whole drive area was illuminated with light, so he could see this thing really well. He's walking down um, the steps, and he's about 10 to 12 feet away. And by the right bumper of her vehicle, he sees this object that's about two feet tall, shaped. He said the only way he described was like a haystack. The object was translucent and shiny, kind of a milky white color. There were vertical ribs that seemed to be like a superstructure that looked like chrome straws that'd be seen through the translucent structure. The object was completely silent. It was gliding about one to two inches off the ground and was motionless when he first saw it. Whatever the object was, after several seconds, must have realized the person was there. He approached it till it was about six feet away from it. And then it suddenly zoomed extremely fast across the driveway to the left side of the car that made a perfect right angle down towards the driver's side of the car into the dark and was not seen again. And then this, the reports go on and on, and they get stranger and stranger. Hmm. I'm going to ask you another question, the last one from Randall here, uh, Stan. What are your favorite, and not necessarily what you believe is most reasonable or likely, but rather your favorite theories for UFOs and other paranormal phenomena. Well, and again, there's all theories. And again, having not been a witness myself, I, I got to keep in mind all possibilities. But, you know, when I started in this field so many years ago, I started in 1959 as a 10-year-old youngster, been out in the field since 1965 after the Kecksburg incident. And I always felt that most of the UFO phenomena of the, of the category of unexplained cases were probably extraterrestrial. I always believed that. Well, over the years, more and more data has shown up, more and more reports have turned up, and I and again, it, it's beginning to suggest that we may be dealing with more than one origin to the unknown category. Maybe a small percentage are extraterrestrial. More and more, uh, just theoretically, could some be interdimensional? Could some be time travelers? Some could be unknown natural phenomena? I don't think there's any, one easy solution to this phenomena. But once again, with the many UFO cases we've had, sometimes they appear and disappear. They physically change form. Sometimes they seem to interact with some people 
where some people seem to interact with them at certain levels. It's, again, it's very complex, just like with Bigfoot. When I started years ago investigating Bigfoot reports in the 60s, I mean, I was definitely convinced that we were dealing with an unknown primate. And then I be, we began to run into all these reports from so many different people, from widespread areas, telling us little details. We saw similar patterns. We saw similar evidence. I have to go where the evidence shows, and more and more, it's beginning to suggest that we're dealing with something much stranger than an unknown primate. Something, again, as I said, we can only speculate, but I say right at this point, it's beyond our present understanding scientifically to figure out what's going on. But someday in the future, we might have the instrumentation and other capabilities to figure out just what exactly we're dealing with. Wouldn't that require, though, an acceptance on the part of mainstream science that it's more than just a missing link or some kind of lost race of pre-humans? Yeah, well, I, I think that as hopefully more and more people and more scientific people, and, you know, I, I give a lot of lectures on the subject, and I deal with all kind of people. I've, you know, I've spoken to, for young children, I spoke at colleges, I spoke for corporate groups, and I'm getting a very positive response from the public. And I have, a, and I have uh, scientists that come and listen to my presentations, and they contact me. I'm finding a huge interest from younger children and teenagers today, and there's a lot of these young fellows now who look like they're getting involved in this field. And hopefully, you know, some of these fellows might get involved in the scientific field in, in the future years, and they'll be more open-minded and more willing to look into these different reports because they're becoming more acceptable to the fact that there's something going on and they're questing it themselves. So, you know, we can only hope that in the future we're able to uh, get in the areas where we're not in today. One hopes, of course, that we'll still be alive for that to happen, for the young people to get involved in the scientific profession, to go through the schooling, establishing themselves in a job and that sort of thing. That's right. I, I don't expect it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I, I think someday in the future we may know a lot more about it than we do today. I mean, we've learned a lot about what we're dealing with, but there's so many, there's so much to this mystery that it's mind-baffling. If I had been involved in this all my life, and I hadn't interviewed and seen the evidence and worked with a lot of people in the scientific field, you know, I, I would be very, very skeptical, and, I, and I'm always skeptical. I mean, my position on all cases is trying to find a logical explanation for reports before I'm going to jump and say something unexplainable. A couple of weeks ago in this area, people were reporting and taking photographs of these strange vertical lights in the sky. And as soon as I saw them, uh, I knew what they were. They were uh, ice pillars. It was, it's a meteorological phenomenon. We just had the right meteorological conditions for these things to appear the way the light was reflecting through the, uh, through the atmosphere, and they look very, very strange. So there's a lot of things that you can explain, but there's also many cases you could not easily dismiss. I mean, based on your work, Stan, and the information you've given us all today and what's available at your website, et cetera, if we use Pennsylvania as an analog and then, you know, multiply that across the globe, one thing is for sure, and that is the frequency and the scale at which these events are happening is much, much larger than I think people uh, normally would reference this, these phenomena, et cetera. There's no doubt. And can you imagine how much of this is going on we never hear about or it's months or years later till we ever hear about them? People commonly call me about cases from 15, 20, 30 years ago because they've been so reluctant, but they wanted to get off their chest. They wanted to share it with somebody and they wanted to know if they were the only ones seeing this type of thing. 
And as we've alluded to, these are the cases that are seen by humans and reported. And we alluded to earlier the fact that this activity may be occurring without human witnesses, you know, completely by its own. Yeah, I mean, it's there's very, very strange things. And in more recent years, even the cryptid reports are getting much stranger and stranger. And, and I'll give you an example here because this is a great report. And since this happened, I believe it's been four additional somewhat similar reports that come to my attention now. And this was um, late August of 2017, so it wasn't that long ago. Let's cover that case from 2017 in a moment. Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Mark Jackson. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The CEO of the Henry Pratt Company is giving more details about Friday's shooting that left five of his employees dead. Gary Martin was being fired for a culmination of violations of workplace rules, Scott Hall said. He did not get into specifics, though. He also called Friday the worst day his company's ever had. Democratic presidential hopeful and California Senator Kamala Harris was holding a town hall in South Carolina when she was asked about the debt continuing to rise and Medicare for all. I believe you've said you support Medicare for all and the Green New Deal. Simultaneously, we have a $22 trillion national debt and a $1.2 trillion deficit. How do you square that circle? We have a tax bill that got passed that gave a trillion dollars to the top 1% and the biggest corporations of America. And they need to give that money back. This is USA Radio News. What's on your bucket list? Running a marathon, hiking to the top of a mountain, or maybe surfing? What if I told you you can accomplish all of it at any age? This is Wayne Allen Root, and I'd like to introduce you to somebody that's changed my life, made me feel years younger, maybe saved my life, my Cenogenics physician, Dr. Bob Letta. Thanks for the introduction, Wayne. At Cenogenics, we help people look and feel many years younger. We've been in business since 1997. We have locations across the United States, and we've treated over 35,000 patients worldwide. Our age management medicine is proven to work. On the Cenogenics program, you will have your own doctor, exercise counselor, and nutritionist all working together to fine-tune plans especially for you. 
Thank you, Dr. Letta. I'm 57 and I feel like I'm 30 again. I feel the best of my life. I have the most energy of my life. Are you ready to start feeling the best of your life? Defy your age with Cenogenics. Call now for your free consultation at 888-YOUNGER. That's toll-free 888-YOUNGER. Or go to Cenogenics.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264 This is Robert Hastings author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Mark Jackson is our guest co-host, Jay Randall Murphy, is on special assignment. And we've got this incident from 2017 that Stan Gordon is telling us about. Proceed, sir. All right, this was uh, August of 17, a police officer on patrol, contacted me soon uh, after it happened, and of course doesn't want to be identified, so we're not even identifying the exact area. I can just tell you it happened in the southwest PA, uh, outside the Pittsburgh area. He's patrolling an area that he commonly patrolled. He's riding down this dark road, and he sees what appears to be a, a ball of very dull white light low to the ground. And he's thinking, I don't know, I'm not aware of any artificial lighting on the ground like that. I've never seen it before. So he stops at the dark area, as he moves closer, he said that round light suddenly rose up or stood up from the ground. It was then that he realized that this was the weirdest thing he'd ever seen. The ball of light was actually the head of a very strange being that looked to be about six feet or taller. It was tall and almost skeletal thin. The officer said he was opinion that the creature, when he first saw it, was lying on its belly on the ground with its head facing towards the road. It then stood up facing the road, and that dark location he saw the dull light from the glowing head illuminating the upper, sec- upper section of the body. While the officer watched the creature turn towards the right, the dull illumination from the head lit up the shoulder area. The creature then turned and faced him, then turned to the left and took off at an incredible speed away towards the location away from the road. As it moved off, the witness could see its arms swinging. Officer indicated that it took off at a speed you could only call abnormal. It was the best of anything I had ever seen. It was there, and then it was gone. And interestingly, that's what we get from some of the Bigfoot cryptid witnesses. It appears and disappears. Okay, so I'm going to continue here. Witnesses assumed the creature had moved on two legs. However, he could not see the lower section of the body in the dark. Witnesses described what he saw standing six feet or taller. Head was eight to ten inches in diameter, shaped like a ball. He said the head was just a ball of light possibly egg-shaped but pretty round. The light emitted seemed to be just a dull white, 
the light illuminated the shoulders, the top of the chest, and the up and the section of the arms. The witness could not see the hands. The chest looked to be about 18 inches across. The waist appeared to be small. Arms were abnormally long. The long limbs looked skeletal with no muscle mass. The skin tone of the body appeared to be dull grayish blue. He could not see any facial features. The entire experience lasted about 10 seconds. When the thing left, he pulled his vehicle up, put on a spotlight, searched for evidence on the ground. He saw nothing. But some other similar reports occurred uh, over the next two years from different areas that were somewhat similar, but not with a luminous glowing head, but the physical features were somewhat similar. And by the way, the, the sketch of it is on my website, too. They can read the whole report. Well, just when you think things are getting easier to compartmentalize these phenomena, you know, and here we're, the data is indicating the exact opposite, Stan. So we look at, like, what's the way forward? What does it look like? It looks uh, dense and confusing. Yeah. I mean, again, if I was the only one hearing these reports, you got to wonder. But these reports are out. I mean, you can even search the Internet and you'll find some of these reports. But even some of the well-known uh, researchers out there are getting similar reports. Uh, and there's a lot of researchers out there that are they're, they're not publicly known that well, but they're getting similar reports. I've known about some of these cases going back to the 70s, of the similarities with the Bigfoot phenomena from all over the world. I was in touch with researchers and it was going on back then. It's been going on ever since. So while you don't hear a lot about it, it may be a lot more common than people realize. Several years ago, I gave a lecture out of McMinnville at the McMinnville UFO conference on the strange Bigfoot UFO phenomena. And, and I knew there was a lot of well-known Bigfoot people out the area, and I figured probably going to run to a lot of skepticism. And I had a great positive feedback. And afterwards, various witnesses and researchers went out there contacted me, and they said, we are so glad that you talked about that because they said, we're hearing the same reports. We have tra physical footprints that suddenly stop and disappear. You know, we've had them appearing, disappearing. We have the globes of light. The same things have been on out there for years. And, and, I, and I knew a lot of reports from Washington State and Oregon back in the 70s of similar events going on while it was going on here in Pennsylvania and other parts of the country. You know, I'm looking at all this and I still look at the fact that, of course, UFOs appear to wink in and wink out or speed away on a dime. And the theory going that maybe they're just dropping back into another dimension of reality. What about if what we see is not a physical object or a physical being, but some kind of projection having no reality? What's your perception? Well, again, there, there's multitudes of theories, but, you know, with some of the UFO case, and again, over the years across the country, there's hundreds of physical trace cases where these things were on the ground. And we had them here in Pennsylvania as well. So we, we had people actually see them. They see the object. They're on the ground. There's physical traces. We have labs examine some of the materials in some cases over the years. And I, as I mentioned earlier, possibly we're dealing with more than one origin to the UFO phenomena. That there may not be one explanation that covers everything. But it may well be that some aspects of this are somehow all interconnected, all related to certain facets of it. It's a very complex phenomena, and, uh, and that may well be the reason why, like I said, I really believe it's very likely that the government uh, doesn't have the answers themselves, which may be why there's a lot of secrecy on the phenomena, because it's a worldwide phenomena. They know what's going on. There's nothing anybody can do about it. Uh, 
they're not in control of what's happening. They don't have the answers themselves. They're trying to figure it out. That goes back to the whole game of disclosure, whether or not there's anything to disclose. And if there's not, of course, they're not going to say anything. The important determination would be whether what's being seen represents a threat to the national security. And if they can't claim that, they can say, well, they're not interested. And then again, we look at things like the discovery of possible Earth-like planets where life may have spawned and the growing theory that, hey, there's life in the universe, so why wouldn't they send themselves? Why wouldn't they go to other planets, other star systems if they have that capability? But then again, we don't know whether what we see is them because, except for some very disputed abductions and contact cases, we have no evidence of who and what they are. Yeah, and again, it, we may be dealing with multiple type of unknown phenomena. It may not all be the same, yet some aspect of it might be all somehow interconnected. It, it's, it could be, this may have been going on for many, many years, and it's anybody that takes the time, that, that's open-minded, that takes time to go out into the field, investigate the reports, gather the data, interview the people, see the patterns, they have to begin to realize there's something going on. Because when I started my research groups, I had a lot of skeptical scientists come in who didn't believe. Some of them spent years with me out in the field, and they began to do exactly that, and they began to realize that something is going on out there. We just don't know what it is we're dealing with. I should tell you here, most of you listeners to the Paracast know I met Dr. Heinick a few times back in the 80s. And the impression I got from talking to him is that he was moving beyond the ETH or extraterrestrial hypothesis and embracing something more like a 4D response to what was going on. I mean, that's interesting because we're dealing here with an astronomer who's looking at real, real things in space. And when it comes to that conclusion, it's certainly important. Oh, by the way, the guy who was reporting that object Avi Loeb, that object that came into our solar system and left, he's the head astronomer from Harvard. Interesting, someone like that talks of a possible alien craft of some sort visiting us. I want to remind you yep. to check us out at Paracast Plus to get the ad-free version of this show and the After the Paracast podcast. All great stuff. Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com for more information. Prices begin at just $1.49 a week. We've got Stan Gordon. Mark Jackson's our guest co-host. More to come. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War One. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business. One of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Thank you, Mark, for doing such a great job. Picking up at the last minute, 
that J. Randall Murphy said he was not able to attend. We are on our last segment here, Stan, so maybe a good sum up time here. Obviously, you're covering UFOs, Bigfoot, all sorts of weird, unusual things. What way do you have when you get all these calls to vet the caller to see whether they're pulling your leg or not? I try when I can to meet the witnesses in person. I've also interviewed many thousands of people over the years. I've talked to lots of people. There's certain things I look for, certain details, certain patterns. And most of the time, you can tell pretty well, you know, what is legit and what isn't. And, and again, a lot of the cases people call in are things I can explain. I can track down and figure out. But reports come in, again, from credible people from all walks of life. I mean, over the years, I, I've interviewed commercial and uh, even ex-military pilots and, and air traffic controllers and state troopers and engineers and scientists who have seen these things. They have no reason to make up these stories. They want no publicity. And they're just baffled by what they saw, and they want to get some answers, as most people do. So I try to get this information out as best I can, you know, through my website. I, I've been trying to educate the public through lectures since I was out of high school. I've written three books on the subject, which are available on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. From the response that I get from the public, there's a great interest in the phenomena. People are more and more open-minded to these phenomena, and they just want to get answers to try to figure out what's going on out there. So despite the influence of reality shows that don't always present accurate information about a strange event, they're willing to look past that and look at the real thing. Well, I, I think it's because that's the sources they have. A lot of them know that there's, you know, there's some factual information mixed in with some of the other information coming out, but they're intrigued by it. And in many cases, it causes people to do their own investigation uh, it helps educate the people. They begin to do their own research, and many of these people begin to realize that there's something going on going on out there, and they try to find out what's happening. You know, Stan, a lot of the Paracast listeners are going to be listening to this over the Internet with their computer in front of them. And with all of the video and photographic evidence that's available, or supposed evidence that's available online, particularly through YouTubes and other uh, portals like that, do you have a clip? that when you look at it, you say to yourself, now that's probably more like what we're looking at in terms of, say, let's just call it Bigfoot. So do you have a, a favorite clip that people could look up that you think might be a little bit closer to the truth? Unfortunately, you know, I've seen so many over the years. Of course, Patterson film, people always talk about the Patterson film. I've seen lots of individual photographs and videos that I've received and game cam pictures, and some of them are pretty interesting. Uh, I've got some interesting pictures on my website. Uh, and sketches, uh, stangordon.info, I-N-F-O, they can look at. You know, I just can't think of any particular one that will say to me and prove to me that, yet yeah, it's something unexplainable. There's something there in some of them, but it's just not that definitive proof. That's been the problem in the UFO field, paranormal research in general. Although there have been a few UFO photos that seem pretty clear. Most are lights in the sky, too fuzzy to make out the tail. Sometimes you wonder if it isn't deliberate that we can't capture a perfectly clear photo that's demonstrably genuine. Of course, nowadays you can fake anything. And unfortunately, yeah, the technology has got to the point now where, yeah, that's why you really need to get cases investigated firsthand to look into each case. And that's, and that's something that, you know, it's, it's a problem because there's just not a lot of researchers out there that have the capability to do that. 
Hopefully Sunday we'll get some of those really good clear pictures. And with the technology advancing now, hopefully um, one of these days we'll have that type of circumstance show up. Well, we certainly have the technology to create really good clear photos. So many millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people have smartphones, and many of them have really first-rate cameras. In fact, some iPhones are actually used to make real motion pictures, 4K footage. So as you see, they're capable of lots of things. Of course, seeing and discerning something from a distant object in the sky is pretty difficult. It's more than just staging a movie or something like that, so we understand the big difference. It's unfortunate. Also, as we all know, most people with smartphones are looking down at them, not up to see what's going on up there. Exactly, and that's what I ran into quite a bit. There are some pictures. I've got some interesting pictures been submitted, and I have one of my analysts look at some of those, and some of them are very interesting, but it's not enough to prove anything you know, to a lot of the skeptical people out there. And then again, so many of the sightings last just a short time, sometimes seconds, and the witnesses are so stunned, so shocked by what they see, and so often they tell me, they said, we had my camera right there, didn't even think about taking a picture, just watching what was going on. You know, recently there was an author, D.W. Uh, Pasolka, has a new book out called American Cosmic, and in there they talk a little bit about technology and the, you know the double-edged sword of it in, in today and trying to frame these phenomena, et cetera. But there's a, there was a group, and, and there's a quote actually from the book from a gentleman by the name of Scott Brown. He started a group called In the Field, and this is a professional group uh, of videographers, uh, photographers, computer uh, graphic specialists, et cetera, who set out to debunk most of the um, film and, and the photos, et cetera. You know, in the book, he's describing how it's virtually impossible today to identify the hoaxes and the fakes just because of the computing power and the, the type of imagery that can be can be generated and rendered. So I don't think that moving forward, uh, technology is going to work against us as much as it's going to work for us, I guess is the point. When these folks that were using traditional, or these groups that were using t- traditional means and methods uh, before recent advancements in imagery and, and videography, et cetera, with computer-generated imagery, uh, animation, et cetera. But the point is, is that Technology is going to work against us as we move forward, not necessarily for us when it comes to uncovering more of this, my opinion. Yeah, well, of course, back in the uh, 60s and 70s, when uh, there was a lot of film being used, I mean, it was much more difficult to fabricate a picture. Now with the technology, you've got some significant, great, uh, you know, you have a lot of great graphics showing up and you've got to question what people are seeing. So, yeah, it's making it much harder to determine what is real and what is not. For those who want more information about the things you do, Stan Gordon, we have a half minute or a minute for you to push your stuff, as they say. Okay, well, the website is uh, stangordon, G-O-R-D-O-N dot I-N-F-O, stangordon dot info. The email on there, they can reach my email, uh, P-A-U-F-O at Comcast.net. My books, uh, Silent Invasion, the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot Casebook, which covers a lot of those strange UFO Bigfoot cases. Also, um, Astonishing Encounters, the latest book on all kind of creature and cryptid sightings, and then Really Mysterious Pennsylvania, available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and personalized copies available on my website as well. By the way, Mark Jackson, you have a new website. Is it fully active yet? I have content on there, Gene. It's at deepspacepod.com. Interestingly, I'll be posting an article I'd written about three days ago that had a lot of synchronicity 
with our guests today and yourself. In fact, when Randall got a hold of me, I was just finishing the first draft of that article, and I mentioned both of you gentlemen in that article. So when Randall called me, I thought that was a, a nice synchronicity to, to take on the task today. And it's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you, Stan. Just again, I'm a fanboy and just take a day off. It sounds like you're so busy and there's so much of this stuff going on that you might need a breather, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, we try to. Uh, got three uh, young grandsons and we babysit them almost every day with my wife. So we're, uh, we're doing some other things as well. But yeah, time goes by very quickly. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast, at The Paracast on Twitter. Two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, and these are all being redesigned, so they'll be changing. If you're interested in tech accessories, we have the new Tech Nighthouse store, which, of course, works with our other radio show, technighthow.store. And if you want to hear the After the Paracast podcast, which can be a supplementary show, a continuation of this, or something totally separate, unexpected, you have to join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to get more information. Prices begin at just $1.49. And as we say, our price, cheap. That used to be the slogan for Mad Magazine, those who remember. Plus.theparacast.com. Stan Gordon, always fun and enjoyable to hear you tell us about all the amazing events in your area. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me back on. It was a great pleasure to be back on the show. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 